uh, about my personal growth. Uh, I might be emotional in some of it, because some of it is. But I think, as I look back in my life, there were some key things that from. So if you look at the first picture, that's me. And it looks like I've got big socks on. It isn't. It's Plaster of Paris. Uh, I was born uh, disabled with my feet and all that sort of thing. And much of my early life, I was in and out of hospital a lot, uh, sometimes three days a week, which meant I um, was slightly out of the ordinary to most kids with calipers and wheelchairs and all that sort of stuff. So I did get bullied quite a bit, and uh, lots of things happened. And over the years, it caused me to be very inward, very closed, and not not much came in because I didn't let it come in and not a lot came out either. And the middle picture is me. I've always been a bit of an adventurer, wanted to try something. That's me, about 10 or 11 years old, building a... Everybody else was building little tiny things and I wanted to build a huge wheelbarrow with bits of wood and stuff. And the last one is me in South America. Uh, handling a python, which I was given, but it was quite comfortable. If you didn't squeeze it too hard, it was no problem. But all I'm illustrating is, it's over a period of time, it's a journey. You don't instantly grow into something, it's a journey. And choices you make, and I make, and even sometimes when we make lousy choices, farther up there is not too fussed. Remember, there was a book called The Shack, do you know, the key bit that struck me was this. The guy in it, he, he was really concerned about what this person was doing wrong and making wrong choices. And the father said to him, oh, don't worry about it, just leave it alone. He's only going to make another 47 bad choices and then they'll all be good ones after that. You see, we, God has a much bigger perspective than we are. But you see, what happened to me was that I didn't grow much on the inside in those years. I built a barrier around me. And all growth as a Christian comes from the inside out. It doesn't come from the outside. It comes from inside out. We were singing this morning, hope inside me. Hope inside. That's where it comes from. That's where it comes from. And unfortunately, religion, the rules, the laws tend to put things on you for you to grow and you can't carry them in what you're, what you're actually doing. So as I grew up when I was about 13 or 14, I had a real struggle reading and doing all that sort of stuff, which most people could do, not because I hadn't got the noodle, but I was never hardly ever at school to develop my noodle. You know what I mean? And I have to be, say this, I'm grateful. My wife taught me grammar and taught me how to spell, and taught me all those things when I was about 20. So part of my growth has been through Sonia. I have to admit, most of it recently has been through the Holy Spirit and help. So if you and I want to grow as a person, we, we can't do it as a lone ranger. There's nothing, I haven't found any lone ranger in the Bible that was successful. We need community, and we need to work together. Um, so Sonia really helped me. And I, at 21, I got to know Sonia, I became a Christian. And I did all the good things. I read the Bible every day, 20 minutes. 
I did my seven minutes prayer and I did all that. And I did reasonably well at it for about seven years. But you know, it was jolly hard work. It was really hard work. And I, I'll tell you, I was faithful. But it was killing me. But you know, then, then Sonia and I went through a period of challenge in our life between us and other things. And we really sought God. We really sought God. We got down on our knees one Saturday morning many years ago in our little two-bedroom bungalow. And we said, God, we need changing. We need changing. Because what we were reading in the Bible was wonderful, but it was, wasn't true. It wasn't true in our lives. So we really sought God, and uh, we both got filled with the Holy Spirit. Sonia was quicker than me, ladies usually are. I was about two months afterwards, and I got filled with the Holy Spirit, didn't matter how or what. In, in a field one day, God spoke to me, and that was it. And I changed more in three or four days, you can ask Sonia, than I'd done in the previous seven. And that pattern of not being able to read the Bible, do you know it changed overnight? I've been in it, and I love it, and it's, it's power. The trouble is nowadays, I have to read little bits. Because there's so much in a little bit that I have to ponder on for, for a long time. So it totally changed in, in that sense. So what, what I want to get to is the next slide. There's this. Is this. You and I will never really grow effectively until we learn to be our authentic self. That's absolutely vital. Your authentic self is, is really important. And you know, I'll come back, if I don't come back to this, I will come back. As I've been looking at this and reading it, one thing has come out to me more than anything else which I never expected. And you know it's the word kindness. 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 Because I've known this scripture for 50 odd years. It's the kindness of God that leads you into a change of mind. Where areas you and I need to grow, it's the kindness of God. And what does, what does the church should be the kindest place on earth? It should be. And it's really got hold of me. The kindness. There was a film, Bruce Almighty. Remember? I watched it. I found it was really fun. And he said, how are you going to change the world? He said, one random act of kindness at a time. And you know something? While I'm on that, in case I don't want to get back to you, we've got to learn to be kind and compassionate to ourselves. Because we can't do it to others unless we can do it to ourselves. What you sow in your own heart, you, you can reap into other people. So if you and I are not learning to be kind, or well, I've got a verse somewhere about that. I'll, I'll come back to that. I'll come back to that. Uh, let me go to scripture. 2 Corinthians 6.4 says, As servants of God, we prove ourselves or show ourselves to be authentic in every way. Authentic in every way. Do you know there's something about yours and my authenticity that's so unique? God wants to show it on the earth through you and through me. Much of what we get, the stuff we get put on us through life, 
makes us conform. And this is the... I'm not against social media. It's Sonny does the Facebook. I don't do that sort of stuff. Some of it's good, but a lot of it's naff to me. But that's just how it is. And it's useful. But you know the one dangerous social media? You have to conform to a set of this to be acceptable in this group or that thing. That's not authenticity. That's performance. That's performance. Thank you. Thank you. They're always coming undone, but that's just part of life for me. It's the way I walk, they come undone. That's how it is. Thank you. So, if we get time, we'll come back to that at the end. Let's move on, and then we have plenty of time. So, what, what I'm showing there is growing is a process. It's a journey. It's a journey from choice. And as Christians, now I'm talking to Christians now, our growth is related to Jesus. Our growth is related to the Holy Spirit. Our growth is, is related to being in community with all its warts and everything else. I've really got this strong. If you're a lone ranger... You're in danger. I won't go into that anymore. And it says in Hebrews 1.1, it says, this is a modern translation, God gave his revelation. He only gave it to us a fragment at a time, but he built truth upon truth. And the Father wants to reveal aspect of how you and I grow fragment by fragment. Because you know, I'm human and I can handle a fragment. I can't handle a bucket full at once. I'm not capable of that. So only you can handle more at once than me. So you can handle more people than me at once. But that's just, just how we do I'm ten times better than I used to be. But, you know, sometimes I think I've had enough, I need a bit of space. You know what I mean? Um, let me go on. Because I want to get to some main bits. I'm just making sure I don't miss any bits out. Because I've thought a lot about this. Growth. Can we have the next one? The next one. Is that the next one? Oh, I missed a page out. I missed a bit. Okay. This is from 2 Corinthians 9, uh, 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, 13. And this is what it says. It says, I have not seen nor ear heard the things that God has prepared for them that love him. That's talking about the natural. The next verse says, but God. But God has revealed the deep things of God. In the Greek, and I'm not a clever Greek, I read it, read it up. This is what it says. It says, God's divine sniffer dog sniffs out the depths of God within us and brings them from the unseen into the seen. See, growth is inside out. Inside out. It's really important we understand that. Inside out. So the Holy Spirit works down here. And this is why everything in life is meaningful. Sometimes you can, you can read your Bible. Well, I do. Most times it's powerful. But occasionally I get nothing out of it. I, I don't particularly... Nothing's gone bang. I thought, well, it was good. 
But you know, it goes into your library. In here, it goes into your library. And the Holy Spirit up, up there says, aye, aye, that's a bit more on the top shelf. The, the third row down will keep that because someday you'll need that. And then someday the Holy Spirit, he sniffs, comes and sniffs that in room. Do you know that scripture you put in there 23 years ago? And one day, well, I'm bringing it to your attention now because it's your growth time now. That's how the Holy Spirit works. And you see, there, there's a, there's a line into God and a line from God into us. Its growth is the inside out. Inside out. And let's go to the next slide. So it's inside, it's not outside. Now I'm going to just step aside and Sonia's going to talk about some, another aspect of this. I remembered my oldest daughter used to go to preschool and she used to consistently build huge skyscrapers with boxes and um, it was quite a challenge getting them home and the play school leader said to me do you think you could get her to build bungalows (laughs) it just wasn't on her in her vision to build bungalows and I just was thinking you know we'd get them home stick up together what had come off and then try and find somewhere to balance it often it was leaning against something else to keep it up straight and it was a consistent process and the Holy Spirit just showed me that actually we become Christians and sometimes our lives are like that. We've got a structure above the surface, but actually the foundation needs to be really secure. And if you're building a skyscraper particularly, you need a very deep foundation underneath and actually Jesus in I think it was John 14 5 said Jesus is the way to the father and actually in the Godhead it's the father that gives identity he's the one Rodney's been speaking of the kindness of God. He's the one that gives us birth, brings us to life through the Holy Spirit, bringing us to Jesus, who takes us into the Father. And as we become Christians, many of us remain fearful or angry, unloved, feel insignificant, feel lonely or depressed. That isn't the Father's intention for us. That's significant that there's a little something, a big something wrong in our foundation. 
there's cracks in the foundation. And actually, the father, our foundation is our identity. And what, why Jesus takes us to the Father is so that the Father can heal those wounds and those cracks that are in our foundations. And so, in order to heal them, there's a way that Father God can do that. Many of us, our earthly father represents our heavenly father. And for all of us who are parents, we know we're flawed. We just don't do things always the way the father does it, or the way the Holy Spirit, or the way Jesus does it. And so we've been modeled things that actually have not show the kindness and the love of Father God to us. And so it's not that God wants to point out the faults of our parents, but what he does want to do is to show us that most of those things that misrepresented the Father actually were done not deliberately, but were just done because maybe that was the way they'd been shown. So Father God wants to heal the wounds that have been caused by the way our our Father has presented Father God to us. And actually, I know for me, I saw Father God. I saw my father in heaven through the same way. And my father came from an alcoholic background. wasn't his fault. But he was very perfectionistic, which is typical of a child of an alcoholic. So his standards were very high. And so it was very hard to please. It wasn't that he didn't love, but those standards stay with us. They keep with us. And we're trying to perform to meet the standards. So perhaps today, if you would like to, we can do a little forgiving. Everything won't apply to everyone, but I'm going to suggest some ways that maybe your father misrepresented Father God. And if you want to, would like to, you can pray after me and forgive those things so that some of those cracks in your foundation can be healed. Because when we feel unloved, insecure, lonely, depressed, those are symptoms of an orphan 
heart. And Jesus says in John 14, 8, I will not leave you as orphans. So maybe you had a father who loved you but wasn't able to show affection, so he seemed distant. Maybe you had a father who rejected you and left. Maybe you had a father who was there but actually wasn't there. Because although he was there, he didn't champion you. He didn't cherish you. He wasn't able to. Maybe you had a father that was performance. You could never please. And so you strove and strove and strove to please. But you could never... And perhaps it made you live your life trying to be performing to please. Or you gave up because the standard was too high. So if you would like to, I just encourage you to pray after me. Pray the things that are relevant for you. And let's give our Father some Forgiveness. So if you'd like to close your eyes. Heavenly Father, I want to forgive my father. I want to forgive him for misrepresenting you, for presenting you as distant. And unaffectionate. I want to forgive my father for not providing for me my emotional needs or practical needs. I want to forgive him for not protecting me. I want to forgive my father for abandoning me or rejecting me. I want to forgive my father for being there, but for not being there to cherish and to champion me. I want to forgive my father for setting standards that I wasn't able To keep. I want to give my father a gift of forgiveness. And Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive my father. I release my father from all the judgments that I have made concerning him.
I release my father from punishment. I'm not my father's judge or my father's punisher. So I give my father a gift of forgiveness. And Father, I ask you to bless my father with your grace, with your love, and with your peace. Well done for those of you who've been able to get this far. And you will find that it's those cracks are healed up in your identity foundation. You'll be able to grow much more in your Christian life. I'd just like to pray for you. Father God, I thank you. Thank you for your kindness, for your love for all of us. Thank you for each one as we have forgiven our fathers. And Father, we thank you. We thank you that our parents gave us life. I thank you for them. And thank you that you are committed to heal and restore all the wounding that has taken effect in our lives. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's move on quick and use the time. Uh, That's to remind you, um, I brought a visual aid, I've just remembered. Um... Can I have a volunteer? Volunteer. I'm talking, remember we're talking about growth. Okay? So we want to grow Ruth. She's growing well. She wants to grow. This is how you don't do it. You don't pile things on people. That is not the way to grow people. Because you're willing and you're able. Thank you. One thing you've got to learn to do as a Christian is say no when you need to say no. And it's spelled N-O. N-O. Now, I'm not being negative. If you're a willing person and you're reasonably good at things, you can be asked and things put on you because they think you're the best person to do. But you've got to know from the inside out, Father, is that for me to do? Or you'll finish up living part of your life with what other people think you should do, not what you think you should do or what Father thinks you were to do. And you look back and say, why on earth did I take that on? An example comes to me. We were, we've been a lot of places, okay. 
we were in a certain place. It was in the UK. And um, I had a prophetic word for somebody. And I was very reluctant to give it because it was quite challenging. So I talked to the leaders and I said, could I give this? And it was. And it was for a man who's been in leadership for two and a half years and it was killing him. And I had the word for him, why did you take this on when it's neither your calling or what you wanted to do? And he said, I thought it would be helpful to the church. It killed, half killed him. Okay, I'm quite strong on that because I've seen too many people take on things that God never ordained them to do. Okay, let's move on quickly. Um, one thing we must remember, particularly leaders, your greatest asset is not your bank balance, it's your people. The people are the asset. They're the asset. They're the asset. I've said, I'll, I'll read your scripture do with, with uh, kindness just to make sure I've got it from the book. Proverbs 3.3 3 says, Do not let kindness and truth you, leave you, but bind them on your neck and write them on your heart. Kindness. Kindness. I'm going to move on quick. We're not going to have time. You want to move? Oh, I've got the next one. Vital points to do with growth. I've already said I've got the wrong page, so never mind. Vital points to do with growth. As would we know, what's the Holy Spirit been saying to that person and what they're doing about it? What are you doing about what God has spoken to you? Are you sitting down on a chair like this and God's given me a wonderful prophetic word? I've been in sat here for three years and two days and nothing's happened. Get off your backside and do something with it. It's called partnership. Partnership. And what's important in this, this is what Paul said in Romans 1.11. He says, I'm longing to come to see you because I want to impart a gift inside of you to empower you. You see, he wanted to put it on the inside of them, then they could grow. Let's have a look at And another thing we need to realise, Jesus has never anointed a project in his life. He anoints people in the project, not the project. Because projects can come and go. But people won't. Okay, I better skip on this, I won't finish. Growth is a journey. And increased responsibility comes in the journey. You see, if you're growing on the inside, what can happen as more things come available, you've got the inner strength to handle what's outside. So your inside, the inside growth, say, five, and then your outside growth can go five. But what, what we tend to do is, is put ten on people and they've got five units and it doesn't work. It just does not work. It does not, they finish up depressed, stressed and all the rest of it. And there's enough stress and all the rest of it in life without getting some, doing something you're not supposed to be doing. Um, let me look at quick other things. Um, 
Let's go on to the next one as I'm not going to finish. Peer relationships are really important in growth. LTGs. Are you in the LTG? Praise God. If you're not, why? We need other people. We need people. You know, you need somebody in your life when you come up with a wonderful idea and, they, and you talk to them and they say, I'm not sure you're off your rocker, but I don't think that's, up, I don't think that's God. You need people like that. You need people in your life who you can share really with you what's going on and what you're thinking and can give you some input. You need them. It's absolutely vital that you have peer relationships. Um, Let me look. Another thing that that came to me as we do is if you're in groups, whatever group it is in life, and they're constantly negative and gossipy, Get out. Because you will become what you're feeding on. Now it doesn't mean to say we, we have to reject people, but if you're constantly in your life with negative people all the time, if you listen to Chris Vallotton, he's a lot stronger than I am. Have a listen to him, what he says about it. Um, another thing that uh, uh, stops growth is God syndrome. God syndrome. God's told me this and this. What do you think about that? Well, if God's told you, who's going to challenge it? You know, you get people saying, well, God's told me this, this and this. What do you think? No input. No input. But if you say something like this, I feel God's been saying this to me. What do you think? It's open for a two-way dialogue. Really, when you get the God syndrome, they're either rejected or protecting themselves so you can't get near them. That's what's usually happening. Okay, next bit, uh, community. Look at community. I've already said there's no lone rangers. It's community. And you know, in community, you get conflict. Have you noticed? Have you noticed that person next to you just doesn't do it the right way because they don't do it your way? Have you noticed that? <laughs> and if God, if you're just made of the world, all like me, what a wonderful place, what a boring place it would be. <laughs> conflict is part of life. Where we have conf- healthy conflict, it's the doorway into understanding if we'd have the heart to listen and process properly. Conflict is part of life. Another thing that that, that these things came to me, I was thinking about this. We don't want to produce trainers. People can be good trainers, but trainers produce trainers. We want people in their training and their discipleship to produce the real us. Who we really are. You know, you can. Let's be careful here. I've been to. I've been to. I went to a place in 1996 in Kelowna, in Canada, and I was on crutches at the time. I was waiting for major surgery on my legs, and I really had a beano for three weeks. It was a sort of prophetic course. I really love it. I felt normal there. (laughs) And if you didn't have sort of three or four dreams a night, you were just naff. 
You were just now. Because the environment. But the first day we went there, they said, no prophesying. I thought, what a controlling brunch. But after I've been there two or three days, and I saw some of these people, I knew why they said that. So they tested you out. They stuck you at the front. They put you in a chair, and here in a chair, and they selected somebody random, and they put them there, and they said, right, prophesy. And they recorded it, and they went through it to see how much it was correct. There was 22 people got through the test out of 80. I was one and and 17 or 18 other ladies. Um, You know, and I've forgotten my point now. (laughs) Sorry, community. Community, community. Community is based on Jesus and his presence. We need to realize that. I need community. You need community. And sometimes it's an absolute pain in the bottom. Because of the people that's there. But that's where your growth is. That's where you see an aspect of God. That they just don't think like me, God. They just think so different. Praise God they do. We're not clones or robots. We're people. Um, I'm getting up. I better get on. I want to do this. Next one, quick. Hindrances grow. Fixers. Fixers. Have you met these people who just want to fix you? They've got 12 scriptures and 15 steps. Do you know what? I visited somebody recently and it broke my heart. They're seriously ill and they've been given a list how to get fixed. I felt like... I used to box years ago and I felt like going back to that, but... I'm not allowed. You know, be careful you're not a fixer. We're so busy fixing ourselves. Oliver says, oh man, when are they going to pack up and let me help them? You know, and we can have the attitude to others. Second thing, living from an invent mentality. Going from one conference to the next to the next to the... Like listening to God TV every day. It's wonderful, but you can't live on that. It's helpful. Journey is a growth. I'll get, oh no. get on quick. One. Next one. Sonia mentioned this. Hearing and filters. There's an example of somebody saying power, and because they had filters, they heard shower. Do you know we've all got that? We've all got that somewhere because of who we are. Next one. Next one. This is to do with our walk with the Holy Spirit. Is she okay? Okay, the Holy Spirit says six, but we hear nine. Because we've got filters. Because we've got filters. That's where something like Sozo Ministry and that type of thing comes in really helpful. It helps us get rid of some of the filters. Because sometimes our belief systems need a bit of adjustment. Okay, let's go on quick. Last one. Leadership function. Leadership function. You all right? Leadership function. We'll do this quick. Leaders. What are leaders meant to do? They're not meant to just look for volunteers for a start. What they're meant to do is, like the first picture, is look for the goal that's in people's life. What has the Holy Spirit, what has Father put in that person that's unique and gold from heaven? 
and have a heart. How can we, we develop that and bring that out and expand it? The second thing is they need to have prayerful insight, praying for that person and having godly insight how to develop them. And the third one is there, they need to know that people grow from the inside out. So we don't have this happening, putting it on the back like this and expecting them to carry stuff they're not ready for. That's what leadership function is. I think I'm going to, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave, I've got more, but I'm going to leave it there. Can I want to process one thing? Right, you want to jump on your feet? I'm going to process one thing. I want to process authenticity. Authenticity. When we was away, Sonia and I were away at this art thing we went to. God spoke to me something. He said, I want to give you a key to undo any disabling that's happened in people's minds that, that stop them being authentically themselves. So that's what we're going to just pray into. That's the one thing. Okay? Just let me think how we do it. Well, Holy Spirit, we just come before you this morning. And we thank you that all of us are unique. All of us are aspects of a father that nobody else has got. And we want to thank you. But we come to you this morning. You've said this is a key. So, Lord, I want to operate this key this morning. And I want to unlock people into a greater level of understanding their authenticity and living it out. So let's, let's just pour. Let's do it the Sozo way. I don't know a better way. And it's not the only way, but it's a way. I'm comfortable with it. Let's do this. You want to film me? After me. Holy Spirit, would you bring to my mind now any person... Any leader, any organization, or any person that has sowed things into my life that has caused me in some ways of thinking and being disabled in my mind into becoming authentically who you made me to be. Now, just pause and see if anything... I'm not saying it will come to mind, but it could well come to mind. Just pause. I'm going to move on quick because you can do this yourself at home anyway. First of all, Father... If anybody's come to your mind, I want to say, I want you to pray after me. Father, I forgive the person, the, say it under your breath, the organization, the person, anything. I forgive and I give them the gift of forgiveness and I ask you to forgive them. Now put your hand on your heart. Holy Spirit, we are coming now and we're healing and restoring every aspect of our authenticity that has been limited by what we experience. So let that just sink in. 
And I want you to say after me, Father, I thank you today that you're releasing a new and powerful aspect of who I am and who you created me to be. And I thank you from this moment, I'm going to be able with the help of the Holy Spirit to be more of the authentic person you created me to be. I thank you, Jesus. And something else, one other thing I want to pray. Holy Spirit, would you teach me afresh to be kind and compassionate to myself? That I would eliminate from my self-vocabulary punishment and hardness towards myself. And you would help me replace it with kindness and compassion towards myself in my life, in my thinking, and in my being. I thank you, Jesus, that I am me. And I am nobody else. You're the best me you've ever made. And I thank you. You're going to help me with the Holy Spirit be more of me than I've ever been before. Thank you, Jesus, that heaven witnesses with me today They want me to be the best me that's ever been made. Amen. There's a copy of the pictures if you want them. (laughs) Thank you, Rodney. Thank you, Sonia. Um, and there's an awful.